On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about spiritual growth. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have topics that, you know, apply to some people and don't apply to other people. Um, some people wouldn't be interested in some of the, maybe some of the things we talk. This has got to be something that interests us all because we all need to be growing spiritually. All right. It's going to be an important discussion, important for your spiritual health. And we're going to get started with it right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and we're on the virtual bible study this is the virtual bible study for thursday february 10th 2022 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob Gwynn. my father greg Gwynn is here hello dad great to be with you jacob kyle's behind the controls kyle it's good to be here as always Glad that you're here, and we are especially glad that you're on the other end of the line tonight. Whether you're listening to us live or listening into in the archives, we want your comments at any time at questions at collegeview.com. If you're live tonight, you have the benefit of being able to communicate with us in person on the phone at 931-381-4567 or in the chat window to the bottom of your video feed, or we can take your comments there. You can share them with other listeners as we embrace this important topic tonight. Um so we're thinking about things that, again, might be applicable and important to everybody who would choose to listen or participate in the virtual Bible study. And this, I think, is a, is a given, spiritual growth. It's something that we've got to do. It's something we're commanded to do. Second Peter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's not an option. You know, you can't, somebody can't say, well... I'm pretty content with where I am, you know. I'm, I'm not the strongest Christian I, I, I ever knew, but I'm better than some, not as good as others, but I, I'm, I'm kind of content where I'm at spiritually. That's that nobody can do that. That's not that's not an option. All of us are commanded to continue to grow. So I don't know if you I don't know if you've been a Christian for half a century or more like me, or uh, a fellow who just obeyed the gospel last week. At all ends of the spectrum, is in regards to how long we've been Christians or how much we've grown, we've still got more growing to do, and we've got to be seeking spiritual growth. Yes, uh, that is what Peter said in Second Peter three eighteen: that grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He didn't put any conditions on that, like, well, there's just a subset of you that need to grow. Uh, only grow if you're, you know, a new convert. No, that's a command to all, and it was a pattern that Paul. Uh, followed in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he said he had not counted himself to have apprehended. And so if uh, the Apostle Paul is working on spiritual growth, i got to guess you can too. Yeah, exactly right. So earlier today, we sent out to our update list these questions uh, for consideration, for feedback. We didn't get a lot of feedback today. We've got several people in the chat room. So you people in the chat room are going to have to add your comments as we go along because you didn't take time to send us an email. Mm. So we're looking for a lot of feedback yeah, in the chat room. emails tonight. Uh, but here's the question we sent out. If you're not getting our update list, uh, be sure to send us an email at questions 
So the email is questions at collegeview.com. Just say add me to the list and you'll get these weekly updates about our topic for discussion. So here's, here's the questions we sent out. Number one, what is our ultimate goal in regard to spiritual growth? And can this goal be achieved easily or without conscious effort? Number two, can a Christian grow in a stagnant congregation? Number three, what are some personal habits that contribute to spiritual growth? Number four, how long should it take for a person to achieve spiritual growth? And number five, what are some things that can hinder our spiritual growth? So hopefully those are some some questions that will generate uh, discussion on our program tonight. All right. So I think the first question, Jacob, is a is a really a a pretty easy one. What's our ultimate goal in regards to spiritual growth? I think Jesus probably said it best in Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Luke chapter 6, verse 40, The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. So the, the goal, the, the, the pinnacle, the ultimate goal that we should be striving for is to be like Jesus. Now, Jesus was sinlessly perfect. We're not sinlessly perfect. But we ought to be striving to be more and more constantly like Jesus. That's why, it, as, as I was saying earlier, it doesn't matter if a person is an absolute babe in Christ, just obeyed the gospel, or a person who's been a Christian for decades. Wherever you are on that growth spectrum, you're not at that pinnacle yet. Uh, and so you always will have something to strive for, uh, areas to improve, uh, things that you can learn, uh, Thoughts, actions, words, deeds that you can perfect to be more and more like Jesus because you're not there yet and you're not going to get all the way there in this lifetime, but you can, you can keep that, that goal in mind. All right. So I, I, I really do believe that that's the answer to that. Uh, in, in Romans chapter eight, verse 29, uh, it says that God's desire is for us to be conformed to the image of his son. So Jesus is the perfect example, and God desires us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. That, that sets, it, sets it down pretty plainly, I think. That's what the word disciple means. That's what the word Christian means. It's someone who's trying to be like Christ. Exactly um, right. And so that's our goal. All right. We, we, got, we got an email from Dwight, Jacob. You see that one there? Yeah, Dwight in Iowa says, we believe that the ultimate goal in spiritual growth is to grow to be more and more like Jesus. We need to do as the Apostle Peter stated in Second Peter 3.18, and that is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In doing this and being obedient to the word, we will have a home with the Lord. First Peter one or First Peter two twenty one, it says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that you should follow his steps. This goal, I believe, could be worked on, but none of us are sinless as Jesus was. We can't, however, be found blameless because we have the avenue of prayer to ask for, for forgiveness and repent of our sins. Uh, to obtain heaven is very obtainable, uh, but it needs to be worked at diligently. Okay, I think you're right, Dwight. I appreciate that. Um, the follow-up part of that question was, okay, so we we understand what our goal ought to be can it be achieved easily without conscious effort and Dwight just said it has to be worked at diligently and i and i think he's exactly right so i remember a, a, an old story that was told a, an old preacher who was very knowledgeable in the word of god uh, a, a lady came up to him and she said she said i'd give half my life to be 
as good a Bible student as you are. And he said, that's what it takes. And, and so his point was, you know, you, you don't you don't become a, a good Bible student. You don't become a strong Christian just by chance, just over time. Uh, you know, it, it's not something that happens just because of time. In Second Peter chapter one, I think a lot of our listeners would be familiar with the so-called Christian virtues that Peter lists. You remember in Second Peter chapter one, beginning verse five. Besides all this, giving diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. So we're to add these things to our faith. But notice he says you have to give diligence to add these things. You, you've got to work at it. And then at the end of that section in verse 10, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, wherefore the the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure and and so in both of those statements peter suggests that it requires hard work i think all of us have christians that we know and have known through the years and we really admired them because they were strong they were faithful they were they were very devout and just really good christians they did not get that way just by casual inattention they were working at it and and that's what we've got to do if we want to grow spiritually we've got to prioritize that we've got to see that it's important we've got to make it a goal and we need to be consciously working at that not just off and on but just continually working at growing as a christian when uh, they heard about what was going on in antioch in acts chapter 11 they sent barnabas to antioch And verse 23 of Acts 11, who when he came and had seen the grace of God and was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. We're not going to just be pleasing to God just by what we just happen to sort of stumble into it. It takes a purpose. It takes intention. uh, It's a deliberate activity on our part. I think right. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You just got to keep on. I think the expression we would use is keep on keeping on. And so, uh, again, I, I don't think that the first question there uh, that we put out was is a particularly challenging one. I think it's pretty straightforward. Our ultimate goal is to become more and more like Jesus. He's our master. We're his disciples. And we're going to achieve that goal. And the only way we're going to achieve that goal is by a conscious, dedicated effort uh, to 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 make to reach that end. You know, you think about some people who have worldly goals. Uh, so maybe here's here's a uh, a fellow who wants to be a great athlete. Maybe he wants to be a great distance runner. Well, he got to really worry. He, he's not going to be a distance. He's not going to be a world class distance runner just by chance. Or maybe he wants to be a great baseball player. There's going to be endless hours of practice. He wants to be a football player, uh, play play in the Super Bowl coming up Sunday. You know, uh, you, you're not going to get there by accident. Uh, even those guys, and, and you got to believe those guys who are going to be playing in the Super Bowl Sunday are extremely athletically in, uh, empowered. I mean, there's there's some there's some real natural born in ability, but even at that. They have had to work and work and work and work and practice and practice and practice and practice. So if you have these goals in mind, you understand 
if you're pursuing a worldly goal, you've got to really work at it. Well, this goal is far more important than any of those things. And, and we've got to work at it if we want to achieve spiritual growth. You know, after the, uh, after the big game, uh, Kyle, there's going to be the reporter on the sidelines that's interviewing the coach and is going to say, Hey, coach, uh, what's the key to your victory here? How did you do it? How'd you pull it off? And there's no coach in the history of time who says, well, I, I don't, I don't know. It just happened. You know, the, the guys were all sitting on the couch all day, you know, sucking down Twinkies and, uh, no, we're doing anything. And all of a sudden we turn around and we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But we, sometimes we approach our Christianity that way. Uh, you know, you know, I'll just take it as it comes. It'll all be all right. Yeah. 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 Well, all the players, I'm not sure. I know every team has their, you know, a player that they just is a workhorse. And of course the Titans have uh, a player called Derrick Henry and he's, you see his off season routine. He has he, his football football season for him lasts most of 13 the year. Thirteen months, all, all of all year long, and he is working. He had to recover from an injury, so it's always you are always on. You're never off. Always on. That is. I can't believe I can't believe Kyle that you used a, a football analogy instead of a hockey one. I thought you'd talk well, about you one know. of you know, Roman well, Yossi he, he on the Predators. About, or well, he talked about the Titans. So or the football, <laughs> and so I had to, had to use the football. Analogy. Kyle and I are big Nash, Nashville Predator hockey fans, so I thought he would use the hockey analogy. Uh, Dwight and Michelle in the chat room said, "Spiritual growth for a church depends on the spiritual growth of its members." You know, a lot of times people, ah, the church just isn't growing. The church isn't what it should be. You know what? You're part of that equation. As Dwight and Michelle have called out for us, if we want the church to grow, we need to get busy about growing ourselves, and we can guarantee that it will grow. Yeah, exactly right. right. Let's grab a break. When we come back, I think an interesting question to ask is, can I grow? Okay, I I accept what you're saying, that I need to prioritize this, prioritize this and work at it. But I'm going to tell you, it's just, I'm just stifled in this church that I'm a member of. It's just a they're just not doing anything. It's just stagnant. Can I grow personally if I'm in a congregation that seems to be, or at least my judgment might be, that it's stagnant? All right. We'll get that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Here's a quick thought. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Think about it. God created you for good works. What particular gifts has God given you? How can you use them for him? May we have a hunger to use these gifts for God. Seize the day. Here's some quotes worth pondering. A bird that you set free may be caught again, but a word that escapes your lips will not return. When you open a door, don't forget to close it. Treat your mouth accordingly. Who finds a faithful friend finds a treasure. Man, wish I'd said that. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about uh, growing and the need for spiritual growth. It has to be a priority. Very clear from the scriptures that it is our responsibility to be pursuing growth. So as a follow-up to that, let's ask the question about, okay, I'm, I'm an individual Christian. I accept my responsibility to grow spiritually. But I'm going to tell you, I'm in a church where... It's just pretty dead. 
and and nobody else seems very motivated about doing much. You know, they just they, they seem pretty content to just show up. Maybe they don't even show up all that often, but they just seem pretty content to fill a pew, uh, sort of be a spectator. Uh, what am I to do in a situation like that? I think that I think this can be approached from several different angles, but. One of the things that I think we got to stress is the concept of individual accountability. We are not going to be judged ultimately as a congregational whole. So here's the congregation. God says, well, overall, pretty good. All of you go to heaven. Or, well, you guys were pretty weak. All of you go to hell. It's, it's not going to be like that. We're going to be judged on, on our individual uh, uh, fulfillment of God's will. And that being the case... Then I, you know, I, I should not cast off blame on everybody else because I'm not growing spiritually, uh, and so I, I think that's the first thing that I want to stress in in that discussion is don't ever forget that the judgment is on an individual basis. Secondly, uh, and we're going to talk more about this about some things that hinder us from growing spiritually. Uh, that'll be our last point of discussion in the program tonight. But if I do think that that my my membership as an identified active member of a local congregation is holding me back, then it may be as a, I, I would argue this needs to be a last ditch resort. But as a last ditch resort, I may I may need to leave that congregation and seek another one where I where I can be more fertile in the kingdom where I can accomplish more to God's glory. So that's a decision that might ultimately come down. I I think before I did that, I'd want to say, well, let me see if I can affect change here. If this is in fact a stagnant church and nobody's working, maybe I could be the spark plug that makes them get busy and work. Uh, I I think there'd be several preliminary steps that you'd want to take first, but it may boil down to the point where you would say, I just feel like I'd be better served and could grow more and be at more effective in the kingdom someplace else. Okay. Um, that's sort of what Dwight says. He says, uh, we believe they can to a point when you have brethren that hinder you or do and do or say things that are not encouraging. This can rub off and make us stagnant toward the work the Lord has for us to do. We play a big part in each other's lives in building up one another. Hebrews 10.24 clearly says to consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So he says it could be possible where it's starting to to have its effect on you. You know, I, and I, I I believe we've made this point plenty of times through the years. Anything that's keep, anything that's keeping me from being what God wants me to be, I need to get rid of that. If it's my job, if if I can't grow as a Christian because my job is requiring too much of my time and energy, then I need to leave that job. Whatever it is that's holding me back. I need to get rid of that so I can be the person God wants me to be, so I can grow in his service. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 16, it speaks about the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying itself in love. So uh, every member has a role in, in, the, in our congregational work. And uh, there's kind of a neat picture there. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning about verse 12, 
Paul suggests the idea of a, of a local body being like a human body. And so think about that. So uh, here's my little finger. My little finger, it has a role to play in, in, in the things that I do throughout the day. And my little finger may be working pretty well. But if the rest of the body is collapsing, then the little finger is not going to be as good as it could be. And so you know, we really we, we need to ha- be a part of a, of a faithful, active, working congregation that can help us to be active, working, and faithful. So we're not downplaying the importance of a local congregation. Uh, but again, the other side of that coin is... You've got to you you've got to remember the notion of individual accountability. Absolutely. Um, well, I like the reference here that um, both Dwight and David in the chat room refer to as Revelation chapter two and three refer to stagnant churches. Dwight and Michelle specifically reference Revela- uh, Revelation chapter three, the church at Sardis. They had a name that they lived, but they were dead. And he, he they reference uh, verse four where it says that there were some even who had not defiled their garments. They will walk with me for in white, for they are worthy. So even in that church that Jesus said was dead, there were still some who were being faithful to him. Yeah. So there were seven churches mentioned in Revelation 2 and 3. And I think there were two, only two of them, in, in which no negative things were observed by the Lord. I think, am I right to say Smyrna and Philadelphia? I believe that's right. Uh, so you got the idea that in the, in that first century time frame, in churches where some of them at least are churches where even the Apostle Paul had been, um, um, but they were certainly churches that were still living in the time of direct divine inspiration and guidance and miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. And even at that, some of them, most of them, still has some pretty serious issues going on. So one of the realities we have to deal with is that there aren't any perfect churches, and we're not going to find one. The old the old saying was, if you ever find the, the perfect church, don't don't go there because you're the one who will make it imperfect. Right. Right. All right. Um, comments on that, Kyle, from your side of the board? No, no, that's good. All right. Um, certainly. Um, I, I think part of the problem, though, is we... Sometimes we get in a uh, challenging circumstance and we allow it to paralyze us. And we realize, as you may reference that passage in Ephesians 4, that each part of the body is supposed to be building itself up. So regardless of the circumstances I find myself in, I need to be doing what I can to build up the body. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And there may be, there may be some challenges to that. Uh, Dwight mentioned, you know, folks who would uh, discourage you and say things that would uh, uh, not be encouraging. But you know, we'll say there are churches in our in our country and around the world who are small, and they can be. It can feel like you're just on an island that you're just you're not going anywhere, you're not doing anything. But you can you're you may be the only church for miles around, but you need to be the beacon in that area in that region. You need to try to. Strengthen yourselves. You may not feel like you're growing, but you need to try to do your best as individual Christians to make that place a destination for Christians. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, in in a lot of areas, 
there aren't many churches to choose from. And so, uh, you know, those of us who live in parts of the country where there are more churches, we might have the option to say, well, I think I could grow better there than there. And we have a choice. A lot of places you don't have that choice. You're just going to have to make the best of it where you are. Um, but, again, keep in mind that there aren't any perfect churches, and, and we can still grow even in an imperfect situation. Right. Um, and um, we need to be active in, in in trying to help the church to grow. As we mentioned, we can't be passive in our own spiritual growth. We can't be passive in spectators in the church's growth either. Oh, the church is just stagnant. Well, what are, we, what are you doing to make a difference in that? Yeah, exactly right. All right, so the next question we ask is, what are some personal habits that contribute to spiritual growth? You you all who are in the chat room, uh, we've got several in the chat room, give us at least one suggestion that you think of that will help you grow spiritually, and we'll, we'll, start, we'll start on our list and see if you have some things to add to our list. One of the things that I think is almost a given, uh, almost probably shouldn't even have to be expressed, is Bible study. Read, read and study your Bible. I mean, that that is that is the the root source of all the spiritual nourishment that will cause us to grow. You remember what uh, Peter said in Second Peter chapter two? Uh, no, First Peter chapter two. Uh, he says. Verse 1, wherefore laying aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, you know, I think sometimes we read that we should, this verse says newborn babes should desire the sincere milk of the word. And so I think sometimes people are inclined to say, well, that, that's a verse that just applies to to you know those those who've just obeyed the gospel babes in Christ the the the, the newly converted as you read that it's not saying it's, it's not addressing that to those kind of people exclusively although they would be included all of us should desire the sincere milk of the word in the same way that a baby desires milk and I, I've always thought that was just such a perfect analogy there because all of us especially all of us who've had babies know that when they get hungry they're nothing going to satisfy them. You're not going to pacify them. Uh, they're not going to be satisfied until they get milk. Uh, and uh, the, uh, Peter says by inspiration that that's the way we ought to be about the the word, the sincere milk of the word. Notice that you may grow thereby. That's what we're talking about tonight. How how do we generate spiritual growth? How do we how do we become strong as Christian? Sincere milk of the word causes us to grow. It's given us all thing, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. First, Second Peter 1, verse 3. Um, we've got it here. We've got what we need to grow. We need to be diligent about it. That's what Grant and Janie say in the chat room. Daily Bible reading and being involved in the teaching programs. And David in the chat room says regular attendance. Hebrews chapter 10 Verses 24 and 25 would tell us that this will provoke us to love and good works. It will help our growth. Regular attendance, it seems like when folks need the growth the most, that's when they attend the assemblies the least, um, and it is a compounding issue. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's sort of like a, 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 a downward spiral. 
they're weak so they don't attend. They get weaker so they attend less. Whereas if we understood the, the, the really the the instruction of assembly, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Exhorting is to build up. We're building up one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. We, uh, the previous verses you read, it's an opportunity to be provoked to love and good works. So, you know, I don't know how we get some people past the mindset of thinking that when they go to worship services, they're doing that because somehow God needs that. You know, we're doing it for God. We are doing it for God in the sense of obeying his will. And in the course of our worship, we offer him praise and honor and glory. But the design of worship is not because God needs it. He doesn't need it. Um, it's designed for us because we need it. And and so I, I really think that David is on the right track there when he suggests regular attendance with emphasis on regular. You know, the person who's real off and on about their attendance is actually growing weaker. Sporadic attendance does not generate growth. Likely, it 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 accelerates decay, mm-hmm. drifting away. HCJ in the chat room says daily self-examination and use of God's word in daily application. Good. So daily self-examination and using God's word. In daily applications, and he, and and HCJ, he or she go on and say, prayer for growth. I was just about to mention prayer, but I I, I want to comment on that previous comment. Uh, you know, when we, when we reading and studying the, the Word of God, it needs to be with a view toward personal application, and I think that may be a downfall sometimes. And you know, we promote our, our daily Bible reading calendar and everything, uh, and so. Uh, and I, I confess that I fall into this trap too often is, you know, I just want to get through this reading. And so I just blast through it, you know, without really carefully thinking about what's being said. I got, well, I read it. I got it. Look to the word of God with a view toward application. Now, that's where the growth will come from. HCJ is Harold down in Troy, Alabama. Good to hear from Harold tonight. Hey, Grant Harold. and Janie also adds seeking out gospel meetings throughout the area you're in. Good. That's a that's another aspect of attendance but it provides an opportunity you know and again those of us who live in parts of the country where there are a number of churches around and uh gospel meetings not only necessarily where we attend but where other people attend gives us an opportunity to go there to be enriched uh to associate with other faithful brethren who may be an encouragement to us and so I like I like uh, Grant's suggestion as well. But I want to go to uh, Harold's mentioned about praying and certainly prayer can help. In fact, it's described that way in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. The Hebrew writer says, "Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." And so prayer is a help to us, can be a help to us. And so we ought to be regular in Bible study and prayer faithful in attendance and then i think i think uh uh grant and janie mentioned um being involved in the teaching program of the local congregation so participation uh in in the work that the church is doing is a help so uh, you know uh i know we have done this in the past when we have our 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 summer Bible 
community Bible study, uh, you know, we, we have printed up some signs and, and prior to the event, whole families will take some of those signs and stand out on street corners in our small town of Columbia, Tennessee. And, and, you know, cars will drive by and honk and then people will wave. You know who gets the most out of that? The people who do that. Yeah. Or the Bible class, just being a Bible class teacher. Uh, it, it, sadly, it seems like we're always, uh, uh, you know, in, in sort of an urgent recruiting mode to find people who will volunteer to teach Bible classes for the young people, teach Bible classes for the high school age, whatever. And anybody who does that will acknowledge that they get more out of it. They're sure they get more out of it than the student gets out of it. So I really I think that what. Um, uh, Grant suggested there that be 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 active, be an active participant in in the things the church is doing. That will help us grow too. All right, we're going to get a break and get this week's bullet point. And when we get back, number four. Number four. How long is this going to take anyway? I got I got a lot of things I want to get done here. How, how long do I get, how long do I have to work on this? Dwight and Michelle, before we go on, uh, say in their email, daily prayer and studying the word, attending all the regular meeting assemblies, visit the sick, call them, help them, and just letting them know that they are important to you, having people over to have studies or singings or just to have dinner and visit. Good so associating with faithful Christians and uh, supporting the weak, physically sick, spiritually struggling, those things make us grow, too. That's mm-hmm. the, those are a couple of good operations. All that right. we should have mentioned. Excellent comments. We're going to get a break and be back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program too. Gracias. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. When Jesus called James and John to be his disciples, they were, quote, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. Matthew 4, verse 21. Think for a moment about fishermen mending their nets. The nets were a precious thing to these men. Their livelihood depended upon them. Therefore, it was important to keep them in top shape. After every use, they were carefully cleaned and examined. Any small tear or rip was immediately repaired. Left unattended, a small break in the net would soon lead to a large hole, and the efficient working of the net would be ruined. Fish would be lost. In short time, the tiny flaw would become so large as to make the net unusable. Finally, the net would be irreparable. Look at another passage where the same word mending from the Greek word katartizo is used. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Here the Greek word katartizo is translated by the phrase perfectly joined together. If you consider it, there are some interesting parallels between the physical act of fishermen mending their nets and Christians striving to be perfectly joined together. For instance, unity among brethren ought to be very precious to us. Our spiritual welfare depends on it. We should realize the importance of maintaining unity, keeping a watchful eye on any situation that might threaten it. When a small dissension arises, we should address it immediately. Too often, a small problem left unattended grows into a large one. Efficiency in the church is ruined. Souls are lost. As the rift grows larger, the church becomes useless to the Lord. Finally, the division becomes irreparable. So, Christian, are you, quote, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? 
Ephesians 4, verse 3. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. Ronnie, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or the new and improved collegeview.com. Yeah, we've got a fella, uh, uh, Joe, uh, who is working on our website and updating it and uh, he's not your average Joe on the website. I'll tell you that no, he's he, got it looking good. Yeah, and we're gonna we got uh, still a few tweaks to do, but uh, it's it's coming along, and he's really done a good job for us. And so uh, it may look a little different on your end, and we'll keep working on that. And uh, I think you can still find some links to some good videos on that uh, new and approved website, Kyle. Yeah, which of course you're on. You sh- are probably watching, hopefully watching on the the virtual Bible study on our YouTube. But you can go to the College View live stream. Just type in College View, and it should pop up right there in the search bar. But a lot of good study videos. Uh, studying Colossians on Wednesday nights, and just finished a fantastic study this past weekend. Yeah, we had a, we had our short weekend gospel meeting. Stephen Trammell from Coming Georgia was here and brought us five lessons, and the archives of those are on our YouTube page. College View live stream, so you can watch the video of them there. We're going to, Lord willing here, just as soon as our program ends, we're going to podcast a couple of his sermons. Um, so you, if you if you are subscribed to our podcast, you'll be able to hear a couple of his sermons. If you want to hear them all, uh, go to College View live stream on YouTube, and, and there are, the video archives are all there. All right. You want to check it out, collegeview.com. Uh, Grant and Janie in the chat room say we need to seek out strong teaching programs. And Harold says one thing that is oftentimes overlooked is study with family, wife, children, etc. Good. Uh, yeah, there's your there's your primary mission field. Uh, if you're a parent, is with your family, and uh, don't overlook that for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, because you know we might be so. Uh, Focused on, I got to reach the lost, and, and you know, I've known preachers who've been so focused on, you know, doing evangelistic work that they neglected their own family and, for, and lost their children, and that, that that's that's a huge mistake. Yep, absolutely, and, and, and sadly, many times it's not uh, necessarily spiritual things that are distracting us. There's a lot of physical distractions that we need to sort of weed out. So we can focus on the things that Harold reminds us of. And David says this is a lifetime daily work. Never get done with it. Never get done. Every day, right? You're right, David. And uh, I would comment on on what Grant says there about seeking out strong te- a strong teaching program with emphasis on strong. You know, more and more it, it seems like the messages that in a lot of churches are just very watered down. You know, there's just not a lot of there, there's just not a lot of substance to that, uh, you know. And, and so r- realizing that this is from the word and from the teaching we receive from that's that's the nourishment that that provokes spiritual growth. I, I would equate what's happening in a lot of churches with a diet of just. I don't know. You ever have those rice cakes? Whenever you know people on diet, they they you have had them, haven't you? Just, the ones with marshmallows on them? No, 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 just no. just rice. Cakes. Oh, there's going, nothing to them. It's just like oh. eating air. But that, but you know, that's that's your total diet. That's all you're going to get. 
You're not going to, you're not going to, that's why you eat those on a diet because you lose weight. You don't grow. You lose weight on a diet of rice cakes. But I think a lot of people are getting uh, a steady spiritual diet of stuff that's just that (coughs) unnourishing. Well, and I think uh, part of this teaching program needs to challenge me to do better. If it's just, you know, everything's fine, don't worry about it, then, then that's not, that's not going to help me grow. To, to, be, to grow, I need to be challenged. I need to be exposed to things that uh, maybe are areas of my life that need attention if I'm going to be growing like I should. Um, and so uh, that good, strong teaching program is very, very important. Eight, that's nine three one three eight one four five six seven. If you'd like to join in on the discussion tonight, let's go real quickly. How how long is this going to take anyway? Okay, so you know, well, Harold David, addressed that when he David said did. it's. Or I mean, uh, David addressed that when he said it's a uh, lifetime daily work, and I think he's exactly right. Go to Hebrews chapter five, verse twelve. In Hebrews chapter five, verse twelve, it says, "For when the time ye ought to be teachers." You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles, the oracles of God, and are such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the work of right in the and is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Notice that the Hebrew writer said there's a little bit of an implication there that it does take some time, you know. Uh, it takes time to learn the Word of God. It takes time to learn what the Word of God tells us that we ought to be doing, uh, and 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 takes time to sort of figure out what our abilities are and so forth. And so it, we understand, and that verse would imply that there's a time, there's a time. It takes some time to grow and to to, to mature in certain things. But the verse also suggests that if that it reaches a point, there's there's an expectation that after some time you would reach a point where you would be able to teach others rather than have to be taught yourself. And so I think, yes, it takes some time. You know, the, the, the fellow who just began uh, his life as a Christian, he, he just he, he, he learned the, the, the basic principles of the gospel of Christ and he was obedient. He was baptized into Christ. But. You know, he, he's he's not a mature Christian yet. It's going to take some time to, to grow. And we understand that. But as we said earlier, it's got to be a goal to keep growing. But it does take some time uh, to, to reach a level where you can teach others rather than being taught yourself. And it is a lifetime, day-by-day uh, responsibility. But uh, having said that, the, the passage we just read condemns us if we're not making progress. Um Dwight and Michelle in the chat room says, take someone fishing and feed them for a day. That's if you can get them to catch fish. Teach someone to fish and feed them for life. Uh, absolutely. So uh, talk about uh, you know helping someone to get where they need to be. Dwight in his email tonight said, we believe that we grow and mature in the word of God each and every year. But to actually obtain 100% all-knowing, this won't happen for us as humans, only God is all-knowing. We can, however, get to the point that we know what we need to do to be saved, and then we need to grow to the point that we teach others to do the same. Paul and Timothy, Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2 said, And the things that you have heard from me also, from, from among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It may take some time, some people longer than others to come to a good understanding of the word, 
But I believe with devoted reading and study habits, you can learn a lot in a short period of time. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So it, it takes some time to learn. It takes some time to grow. There is an expectation that we would be growing. It takes some time to overcome faults and mistakes, but there's an expectation that we wouldn't keep repeating the same mistakes we've made. You know, So maybe when I was a new Christian, uh, maybe my particular weakness was that I, I, I just used bad language, you know. I was pretty bad to let cuss words slip out of my mouth. You know, I just said I just said things that were completely wrong. Well, it takes some time to break habits, but I got to be breaking that habit. I can't I can't say, well, that's just the way I am. Uh, you, you'll just have to accept that. No, we, we it, put forth the effort to grow out of those areas of sin and weakness. David in the chat room says, if you want to understand the Bible, teach it. And I guess, David, I'd like a little bit more clarity on, on that comment, if you could give us a little bit more idea of what you mean there. If you want to understand the Bible, teach it. Does that mean that if we teach it, we'll, we'll understand it? Or uh, I would contend that you need to understand it before you can teach it. Um, I think but I think what, he's probably saying you will grow. Okay. Everybody who takes on the teaching role and, and right. prepares adequately yeah. to teach effectively is going to grow as a result, uh, as of, a the result of that. Yeah, yeah. okay. I imagine Good. that's what David Okay, means, thanks, yeah. David. Yeah, maybe you can yeah, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down in the chat room on that. All right. Um, I think we probably ought to take one more break. Let's take our last break. We'll go to the top of the hour with one last point to discuss, and that is what are some things that can hinder our spiritual growth? Now, the reason we'll be looking at that is because if they are hindrances, then we want to get rid of them. All right. Let's get on that. Uh, we'll get to the top of the hour right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new Gallup survey reveals that the share of Americans who have donated to religious organizations remains at an all-time low. 44% of Americans surveyed in 2021 reported that they donated money to a religious organization in the previous 12 months. That's an all-time low since Gallup first began asking Christians about their religious donations and donating habits back in 2001. The share of Americans who donated money to a religious organization reached a high of 64% in 2005 and has either held steady or declined in the years since. That information is via the Christian Post. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're back. We're going to stop the hour talking about spiritual growth, our need for it, and now what could hinder that? All right. I just saw just in the chat room, Grant just popped up the suggestion of the influence of worldly friends. We'll just start with that one. I think that's an, that's an excellent suggestion of a hindrance that could keep us from becoming a stronger Christian. And, again, if that is true... If I realize that my friends, whoever they may be, are holding me back spiritually, I need I need to get rid of those friends. Okay, all right. So I, I think that's a uh, I think that's an uh, an excellent observation. 
you know, uh, what does First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter? Let's see. I'm just trying to call it off the top of my head. Is it ten thirteen? Uh, uh, no, that's not the one. Uh, what I'm thinking of: be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good morals. Uh, Thirty-three. Fifteen? Is it fifteen? No. Somebody help me out on that. I'm drawing a blank. I should know that one off the top of my head. Uh, evil communication. Evil companions. Fifteen thirty-three. Fifteen thirty-three. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, and so I think what uh, Grant is saying is we need to do whatever it takes. Yeah. To grow. Exactly. Um, you know, maybe it's the friends. Maybe it's the family. Maybe it's something else in our life. But uh, Jesus said, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter is more than me is not worthy of me. So Jesus said, whatever it takes, you do whatever it takes to be sure that you're growing and you're doing what you need to be yeah. doing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think Grant got us on a good start there. Uh, e- evil companions certainly will hinder spiritual growth. Uh, Another thing is if if we're just not putting forth the effort, we, uh, we we've been saying steadily that we've got to put forth the effort, or we'll forever remain babes. In the chat room, Harold has suggested First Corinthians three verses one through three, and I had that on my list as well. Uh, that you know, First Corinthians chapter three, beginning verse one. Paul says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are ye uh, now able. For ye are yet carnal, for where is there is among you envying and strife and divisions? Are ye not carnal and walk as men? And so uh, the idea there of it is that, that these people just weren't putting forth the effort to grow. So if you don't put forth the effort, you're not going to. One of the big hindrances to spiritual growth is the people not working at it. And they're not making it a priority. And they don't see the value of it. And so they don't grow. And they remain as carnal babes, uh, like First Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 3, the, the condemnation that Paul was putting on the Corinthians. We know that Corinthian church was a church just full of trouble. And Paul says, you're just like carnal people. You're just babes. You're not growing. Because they weren't putting forth the effort. All right, good. Thank you for that, Harold, for that good comment tonight. Uh, um, another thing that I had on my list was that one of the things that can hold us back is that, that we face certain discouragements. Um, you know, uh, how often have we known somebody who started off? I mean, they, they obeyed the gospel and they were just like a ball of fire. They were just they were just on fire for the Lord. They were just so excited and determined but they faced some discouragements. Maybe it was a personal discouragement. Maybe some of their old habits popped back up, and, uh, and and they had they hadn't mastered the control of some bad habit that they previously uh, engaged. Or maybe some people discouraged them. Maybe some other Christians discouraged them, and and kind of kind of took the fire out of them. They got they they faced discouragement. Well, look at the Apostle Paul. Talk about a person who could have sort of caved in because of discouragements that came his way. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse eight. Second Corinthians four, verse eight. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And the reason why, in the same context, skip down to verse 16. 
for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul could have been discouraged, certainly faced plenty of things that would cause anybody to be discouraged, but he said it, it, he, he just realize this is just temporary we're, we're working for eternity all right dwight in, in the his email tonight said love of worldliness can definitely hinder our spiritual growth the love of money and also the lack of humility friends and family who don't carry the same beliefs in god as you do can hinder other christians can hinder the lack of doing your part will hinder you from growing lack of study prayer does not help either being at odds with brethren can hinder you as well as the church Oh, boy, uh, uh, Dwight's got several things mentioned yeah. there that I think are all important contributors. Uh, love of money or or just materialism. Jesus Jesus mentioned that in, in the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, verse 18. Mark chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said, Those which uh, the, where, the word, where the seed fell among thorns are those who hear the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And so certainly uh, materialism, pursuing worldly things rather than spiritual things, that's going to keep us from growing, as, as Dwight mentioned there. Uh, that's what Brian references in the chat room. He says the, the gospel preacher on Saturday mentioned how we can become too involved in worldly endeavors. It doesn't have to be a sinful activity to be so consuming of our time and energies that we neglect our spiritual duties. Yeah, Brian's, Brian's referencing uh, our, our weekend gospel meeting. And Brian and others, uh, you may want to look to the podcast. Now we're gonna, that's one of the sermons we're going to podcast. Uh, loving the world is a great danger to us as Christians. All right. Um, uh, and 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 the other things that that uh, Dwight mentioned, uh, family and friends who don't share our same values that that can hinder us, and the lack of 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 work, not not being involved, not doing what we can, will keep us from growing. Yep. All right. All right. Any other comments there tonight, uh, Kyle? Anything from you? No, I think. As Christians, we need to make sure that we are growing. I mean, because if we're, uh, we have to, because we have to grow spiritually for ourselves and for those around us. Because we may meet someone that we can have an effect upon. If we're just, you know, if we're not strong enough, we don't feel like we're there, and we can just let that opportunity pass by. But you know, then just we can have a negative impact on those around us. But we have to make sure we're growing in whatever way we can, reading our Bibles, um, fellowshipping with our brethren outside of the worship services. So it's a good, we have to make sure we're growing and associating with the Word of God. So Okay. Dwight mentions that he, he has, uh, for him and Michelle, the virtual Bible study has been a, a, a good tool, and we're glad for that uh, uh, and, and hope that it has been helpful. That's what, the reason why we do it is to both help ourselves and help others to grow spiritually. And But I would just sort of broaden that. There's a lot of resources available. Uh, uh, you got to be a little. You got to pick and choose a little bit because not everything you see yep. on the internet uh, is helpful. But there's a lot of resources available, uh, and we we live in a privileged time when we have access to a lot of things that people before us didn't have. 
And so we ought to use those things to grow spiritually. All right. And uh, the studies have been valuable to me as well, uh, Dwight. And so thank you for being a part of them. Thanks to all our listeners for being a part of our programs. Uh, Kyle, they're an encouragement to us as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Kyle, thank you for being here tonight. It was good. Dad, thank you for your time as well. Thanks, Jacob. And uh, thank you for joining us on the other end of the line tonight. Again, if you have any questions or comments about this or any Bible topic, questions at collegeview.com is the email address you use at any time. We hope you make plans. We'll be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.